Hi, this is Dr. Carl Goldcamp. If you're interested in learning about the ketogenic diet like I was to save my own life, then this is probably the podcast for you. Eight years ago, I knew nothing about it. Six years ago, it saved my life. Three years ago, I started researching and talking with some of the authorities in the field and attending medical conferences about this to understand why and how keto so dramatically changed my and my wife's Judy's lives. The purpose of this podcast is to share our journey of discoveries with you in understanding how keto is so effective in improving so many different conditions, from obesity, epilepsy, diabetes, infertility, MS, Alzheimer's, heart disease, to name a few. So take a step away from all the hype you've probably heard and roll up your sleeves with me and join me weekly to explore this living miracle that anyone can access. We'll talk science. We'll talk food. We'll explore its history and evolution to today, which is that the sheer wonder of the ketogenic way of eating has changed untold number of lives, unlike anything before it. And in case I forget to mention it, please join our Facebook group, Keto Naturopath. Hi, welcome back to the next episode of the Keto Naturopath. This is Dr. Carl Goldcamp. Well, I've had a difficult time coming up with this particular podcast, not due to lack of content, just the opposite, due to too much content, being rather overwhelmed with a subject matter. This subject matter has to do with Dr. Alan Gaby, who's going to be a future interview. We've already had the interview and it's coming up in the subsequent podcast. But the question is really how to introduce somebody fairly to get the gist of who they are and what they've done and their contribution in the world, if not contribution to me personally. All I can say is I am glad that I knew nothing about Dr. Gaby when I first met him. And when that was, was I was in medical school from 93 to 98. I was in the naturopathic program at Bastyr University, which actually went from medical college to medical university at the time. I was in two programs, a master's of science in acupuncture and oriental medicine and the naturopathic doctoral program at the same time. So when I met Dr. Gaby, who I'll call Alan from henceforth, is that uh, he would show up in various courses to give sort of case reviews of something. And he's an intimidating, at least then, he was a rather intimidating character because he was so well briefed on everything. He knew every aspect of the thing he was going to talk about. This is consummate Alan Gaby, knowing everything he could about the thing he's about to talk about. And he knows what he knows and he knows what he doesn't know. What you'll find out in the interview is that when I'm asked questions, he goes, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's it, done. And he knows exactly what he's familiar with, what he's researched. So we get these presentations. I saw him in clinical lab, certainly in, in clinic later, but took a couple of courses with him at in med school. And one was called nutritional, I think it was called nutritional therapeutics, probably. And Dr. Gaby is considered now, and I know at the time, he was pretty much the father of nutritional medicine. So what does that mean? Well, as it was introduced to me the first time as I was uh, responsible to receive his information, learn the information, and then be able to give it back, uh, not only on tests and quiz, but his approach was, unlike all these other courses in which you could just attend class and then get ready for the exam when that was, he expected a, an accumulative working knowledge in your mind from the next day. So meaning that he could call on the next day and throw out something he mentioned the day before, three days before, in hopes that you 
will, more than hopes, expects that you will be able to recall that and put that in the context of whatever the issue is at the time. Unlike other courses that, no, you're pretty much just responsible for that at the quiz and then on your national exams down the road. So it was a hard course. He was a tough taskmaster to say the very least. Very impressive, but the information was so was so rich. It suddenly made me believe in the use of supplements in a very specific context. So he was the guy. I'm going to get back to what I decided to do is have a more personal introduction and then end up with the academic of his credentials. Because when you just list academic credentials, it gets very dry. So what? He was a person who had relationships with Linus Pauling, with Abram Hoffer. And so who are Linus Pauling and Abram Hoffer and among others? You can read, and I'll give you some references where to look him up. But this was the beginning of a thing called orthomolecular medicine. Orthomolecular medicine, and I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm not going to read it to you. It's basically the use of the right amount of a substance, usually a nutritional vitamin or mineral at the right time for the patient in the right context. And so it's basically, we can summarize in saying it's the use of supplements. Well, you could say now it's gone crazy. Think of how many companies, how many Amazon sellers make up their own wonderful supplement line, and yet that is unsupported. You know, hey, take this, take this. This is going to really change your mind. This is really gift you focus or concentration. This will make you an athlete. This will make you lose weight. On and on it goes. This field of orthomolecular medicine, in my view, has been so cheapened by the fraudulence, I guess would be the word off the cuff, but by misleading, purposely misleading marketing scams. And so they're both from fly by night to, hey, we're, we're the next and upcoming authoritative opinion in nutritional medicine. And yet they are not or the degree that they know anything, it comes back to Dr. Gaby. Dr. Gaby's book now, after 36 years of putting this together, is coming into the third edition of Nutritional Medicine, which is basically a list of all sorts of conditions and all sorts of supplemental recommendations based on research, based on research. This isn't, hey, try this, hey, try this. This is much more. So anything that is in this book is true. As opposed to when you go on to, you know, the internet now has made everything rather superficial for the most part. Again, in my view, you have to discern what is authentic and what is not. This is authentic. This is 100% pure authentic reference. Nutritional Medicine by Dr. Alan Gaby. So back to med school, this was him. He actually formerly had taught at Bastyr back, uh, the school actually started in the mid-80s. And he taught with Jeffrey Bland and Joe Pizzarno, who was the president of the school for a while. He's testified in front of the White House Commission of Alternative Medicine. He's testified in many cases worldwide about supplemental use of various things. He's written a number of books. I'll ask you just to go on and Google his name, then go on to YouTube and put in Dr. Alan Gaby. And you'll see these various references and the various interviews that he has had. But I would go back to saying he is his own man and he has been following his own quest, his own curiosity about why do these things, how can you use natural medicine to work with various conditions? And I was lucky enough to have him in med school at the time. 
He was such a hard ass. He set the standard of what you should be when you graduate is the way I looked at it. This guy set the bar very high, but very specific. And we were very excited about, listen to that. You'll have great outcomes by using the information from Dr. Gaby. This was without a doubt. We all felt that. He, in his know what you're talking about and know it thoroughly, and then look at the information, he made us feel that we could pretty much address nearly anything uh, within context. And you wouldn't override other doctors' opinions, or you wouldn't tell people to get off of medications. You would work adjunctively. And if you came to medications, you would know all about that medication, the good and the bad, and therefore have a reasonable conversation. This is the kind of doctors that we all felt we were going to be. And I believe we did become that as well. So that is Dr. Gaby's part in my life. He brought in orthomolecular medicine, who that and that word, I need to go to give you a little background. So I'm going to suggest that you go to Wikipedia and go to orthomolecular medicine and you'll learn a couple things and give you a little history about it because I think it's important to line it up before Dr. Gaby gets started and we have that interview. Is that first you're going to find that it is not very appreciated by conventional medicine. Conventional medicine, we mean MDs. Dr. Gaby's an MD. There's plenty of MDs that are open to this. And so there's a whole association called the American Holistic Medical Association. So these MDs that come together that talk about a lot of different things. Of this, American Holistic Medical Association came out of, or, or, or spawned, in my view, functional medicine. And functional medicine was pretty much the brainchild of Jeffrey Bland, who also was one of the earlier teachers at Bastyr back in the mid-80s with Alan. Uh, at that time, he then has grown on to this whole sort of phenomenal institute in itself. But this was the cradle from which these inspirations came and where this research started. So why I'm presenting it this way is that when people are looking for honest answers, what do we know? What do we not know? Can somebody tell me that? Well, if you're like me, you go to PubMed and so on and so forth. But the book that I have, which is just under nine pounds, is this 1,452 pages that Dr. Gaby has is a summation of all his experience because he saw patients and he also spent three days researching. This is how we put this together. And this is why it's unique. Often you'll get somebody who just graduated with their master's of chemistry, of biochemistry, and put their ebook together and they sell you their ebook, but they've never treated anybody. So when you work with treating somebody, it's a different context. You can't just go, this does that, this does that. It depends the context, which is the person in which you are addressing these things. That's the whole other thing. That's what medicine's about, what I call it practice. But having the context is a big deal. Having a reference that is 100% solid research over that period of time, this is what has given him the reference, the father of nutritional medicine as of today, which is really an outgrowth of orthomolecular medicine. And you had Abram Hoffer after Linus Pauling. And so let me just read from Wikipedia to give you a sense of what this is of orthomolecular medicine. In the early 20th century, some doctors hypothesized that early 20th century, so that's 1900s, early 1900s, that vitamins could cure disease and supplements were prescribed in megadoses in the 1930s. Their effects on health were disappointing though, and in the 50s and 60s, nutrition was re-emphasized in the standard medical curricula. On and on it goes. And 
Jumping now, in 1948, William McCormick theorized that vitamin C deficiency played an important role in disease and began to use large doses. There's that discussion, and you know that Linus Pauling evolves uh, with that. In the late 1960s, Linus Pauling introduced the expression orthomolecular to express the idea of the right molecules in the right amounts. Since the first claims of medical breakthrough with vitamin C by Pauling and others, finding on health effects of vitamin C have been controversial and contradictory. And not to get into that, but this is the beginning. And this has always been the antithesis of conventional, what we call allopathic medicine. Allopathic medicine is stop the process that's causing the problem. If you have a headache, you take an aspirin, which basically breaks and you feel good. That's good. You take an aspirin. Uh, but it then doesn't address the problem, it addresses the pain. And so we call that working against versus working with. According to Abram Hoffer, orthomolecular medicine does not purport to treat all diseases, nor is it a replacement for standard treatment. A proportion of patients will require orthodox treatment. A proportion, and Abram Hoffer is also an MD, will, and he's passed. And he is considered the father of orthomolecular medicine and uh, obviously had his relationship with Linus Pauling as well. But it goes on from there. So I suggest that you go and look at that, and it goes into orthomolecular psychiatry. And if you've listened to my past podcast, you'll see that when I get into these other areas, I've talked about schizophrenia and bipolar and so on and so forth, and things that you could do for that. What am I referring to? Well, in part, the roots of some of those conversations come from orthomolecular medicine. Not hard and dry, some of what I present is a little more speculative, looking more into the genomic world and are there things that we can address? Is it reasonable? Can you do this? It's not the foundation of 100% solid information that Dr. Gady gives you in his book, Nutritional Medicine. Uh, it is the book that anybody who has an interest, it's, it's now in 37 different medical schools worldwide in different languages, but this is the tome of this is what we know. We can build from this on that. And he is continually doing that. He's coming out with a third edition as well. But he also has an e a searchable ebook version of that. So for anybody who's thinking about ordering it, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that, order the ebook. One, the cost of shipping, so says Alan, has become so astronomical that that makes it not unless you're going to pay it out of pocket. Um really expensive from the United States, unfortunately. But the ebook is searchable and you can begin there. And it's huge, obviously. You've bought it. It's the encyclopedia of nutritional medicine. So this is the definitive source for what does exist, what is. You can check by condition and you can check by supplement, we'll say, orthomolecular substance if you feel better about that. But this is the foundation upon which you then can build your idea of things that are used because now you know. You don't have to be chasing the next new thing. And when I say chasing the next new thing, it does sort of irk me to no extent when I hear something about, oh, the nootropic. Hey, this nootropic, it's going to change your mind. You know, it's going to absolutely. I think those things may have a small and credible claim. But as I find that anybody who's been through all of our courses, we look at your context. We look at your context nutritional deficiencies. We look at uh, more than basic labs. We look at intracellular. We look at genomic. So we go beyond, you know, I need to know the context of you before I get into. And I find that often when people have, now back to me for a second, 
this whole idea of getting into low-carb keto, why they have a problem? Well, the problem is usually about a nutritional deficiency. You've heard me talk about the famine in Holland at the end of the war and all the lessons we've came, come from that. Clearly, that was nutritional deficiencies imposed upon a huge group of people. And then we go, well, what happened? What happened to that group of people? What happened to the kids that were born then? And then there are subsequent kids. I find it very fascinating, but it's back to nutritional deficiencies on a per-person basis. It's a famine. I think we've come forward in time and we now have more invisible famines. We do have invisible famines, uh, nutritional deficiency due to the crap of food, of processed food that's out there that really offers us nothing but calorie. They're calorically dense and nutritionally empty. And so consequently, we are those same people. We have the calories, but we don't have the nutrition. So consequently, we have all these other disorders and conditions that are induced from our diet because we don't eat real food anymore. This is just who we are today, certainly in the United States. And so consequently, this famine of nutritional deficiencies is still with us. And then you can get into environmental toxins and so on, a different rabbit hole. But this is it. So this is why it is so important and more important than it was back in the early 1900s. Back then, at least food was, for the most part, real food. It wasn't highly processed, didn't have all these additives and colors and, and preservatives, quote-unquote preservatives, and your, your water was clean for the most part. Things have changed. So this is why, so I'm telling you, this is why I find the work of Dr. Alan Gaby so fundamental. It is the place that I begin when I look into, what about that person's lab? What about that person's condition? I go back and I get to learn about it all over again, a hundred times all over again. Do it on a regular basis, which is a good thing. You never assume that you know. Always, it always brings you to another question. What else do I need to look into? So this is the definitive reference that I have. Now give me a little more academic reference of who Dr. Alan Gaby is, now that you have your social media references, but something a little more specific. Before I forget, I want to encourage you to go into PubMed or just type in Dr. Alan Gaby. And if you put in Wikipedia, actually it points you to PubMed. And there's a great interview of him. Is it Dr. Alan Gaby, MD, Clinical Advances in Nutrition? And he's being interviewed. And um, I'll start here. Because the references are pretty important. Uh, he graduated as under, undergraduate who was Yale. He had a master's of science in biochemistry from Emory University. And his doctorate, meaning his MD, medical training, was from the University of Maryland. Now, all right, I just named three academic references. But notice this. He went from undergraduate to get his master's in biochemistry. So by the time he went to med school, he was way ahead of everybody. He was thinking on a different level. He was thinking about biochemistry. What can I do to help this particular condition? And in fact, I'll just tell you this story. I'm not quite sure where the reference is. I believe it was from Dr. Jonathan Wright, who he worked with for a number of decades in the Northwest Tacoma Institute, which we know both of them from Bastyr, that he, now Dr. Gaby, Allen, was called on the carpet of his med school because he was looking into the use of magnesium for various heart conditions in its context. And he was told not, not appropriate use of his education. You can tell that was the first of, of his thinking about there's something else going on here. Nobody thought that way. Either it was just discouraged or just not done. And it's 
cliche at this point to say that, well, medical school doesn't teach nutrition. Well, duh. And so consequently, here you have somebody that not only was interested in nutrition, he spent a couple of years in his master's degree getting biochemistry and then brought that with him, obviously, when he went into med school. So he was off on a whole different angle, whole different tangent, a whole different way of looking at things from the very beginning. He was influenced back then by Linus Pauling and Abram Hoffer, and he got to know these people as well. A phenomenal you know, approach to, he's the first. He hooked up with Jonathan Wright at Tacoma Clinic, who thought a lot like him. And these together, these two guys together, these two doctors together, then started having a series of presentations to other doctors in nutritional medicine. So they would go, it was, it was a four-day. I never attended those. I was in med school. I didn't have time to break away. But I bought the notes. So you'd, he'd have a loose-leaf binder and then his textbooks of all the references they had because they wanted people to be well armed. If you're going to say use magnesium or vitamin C or whatever it is or B6, that you needed to know the references for that and where they came from so that you you were just not winging it. This is his whole focus. You needed a reference. You needed a foundation. You needed to know what you were talking about and point to creditable references. As their program grew over the better part of 20 years, their initial references for everything they talked about got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was a tome in itself. It was kind of the precursor to his book, sort of, as well as a loose leaf, which is all the conditions, medical conditions that these would address and sort of give you the the bullet points that you then reference in the other book. So they changed the world. The part that um, Alan doesn't want me to mention, but if you get his book, you'll realize that in the forewords that are the glowing forwards that are written in uh, his book, uh, one doc says he's a composite of his four medical sort of heroes. And one was Patch Adams. Patch Adams, you'll know that it's a movie. He's comical, articulate healer. But Alan has that aspect. So as much as he wrote this, what can appear to be dry, he has a whole other part of his personality that is uh, very funny. So I remember in one of the courses we had, Northwest, it rains 10 months out of the year. And that's a truism. And uh, at least it was for us for our seven years that we lived there. But there was this one spring day, uh, I believe it was uh, in in May. So you're, you're coming to the end of the academic year that we decided to make the class short, went outside, sat on the ground, and we listened to Alan, who's a great guitarist. Uh, he doesn't want to talk about that either. He's a great guitarist. And he played the complete Alice's Restaurant for us. It's hysterical to hear his uh, rendition. But he is known for, in essence, being the protege of, the embodiment of orthomolecular, as started with Linus Pauling, Abram Hoffer, and many others. I want to pick up on Alan's formal education. As I mentioned, graduated from Yale. I got an MS in biochemistry at Emory University, then went to med school at the University of Maryland. He was in private practice for 19 years with Jonathan Wright at Tacoma, and he taught early on at Bastyr, and then taught later on, luckily, uh, from 95 to 2002. But while he practiced, he practiced two days a week and researched three days a week. I think he really researched always. He's always researching. He's always about that. He is a big contributor to the Townsend Letter for Doctors, and since 85. And I would suggest that that's another thing you could Google 
is that the Townsend Letter has great topics and you have a number of free back issues, if you will. All those articles you can retrieve up to a couple of years ago and they're and they're still quite relevant and uh, cutting. And so this is the point is how I value his work. It, it allows me to cut through all the BS, all the noise that it seems the comes from the internet and social media of all these false claims of buy this and so on. People just don't know anymore. The idea of doing hard work and doing your research and having a clinical experience to back up your opinion seems to be less valued now. You know, it's like the idea of going to school, being an expert and being the best you possibly can is laughable. Why do that? Why do that? You're not going to make any money. Well, people didn't always think of making money. They had to make a living, but they didn't always go, where's my, to go to be a millionaire. And so real education, real knowledge comes from the work of both experience and research, in my view. And this is what Dr. Gaby embodies. So let me pick up on one of, I believe this came from Dr. Perlmutter. He did a nice uh, review. So, so Dr. Gaby has been uh, has written numerous scientific papers in the field of natural medicine. That's an understatement. He has been contributing medical editor for the Townsend Letter for Doctors since 85. And he served as a contributing editor for Alternative Medicine Review, 1996 to 210. That's associated with uh, pretty much Thorne Nutrition, a great supplement company. Over the past 36 years, Dr. Gaby has developed a computerized database of more than 28,000 individually chosen medical journal articles related to the field of natural medicine. That is work. That's the what I reference as the ebook, searchable database. He was professor of nutrition and a member of the clinical faculty of Bastyr University in Kenmore, Washington. From 95 to 2002, he appeared on CBS Evening News. In 2010, Gaby completed a 30-year project, the text, textbook of natural medicine, which we've been talking about. It goes 40,000 research studies, health condition disorders. It also contains 60 chapters on individual therapeutic agents, vitamin, minerals, amino acids, and other natural substances, including biochemical effects, clinical indications, signs and symptoms of deficiency, adverse effects, drug interaction, nutrient interactions, and dosage and administration. Chapters on fundamentals of nutritional medicine, including dietary fundamental food additives, reactive hypoglycemia, food allergies, sub-laboratory hypothyroidism, et cetera, et cetera. This book is not just for medical experts, by the way. So push that aside. Actually, most of the people who buy this book, and by the way, I bought it for $500. <laughs> it's now under $200. What was I thinking? <laughs> okay, it's excellent. This is what it should be on everybody's desk. Not everybody's desk who has a medical degree and who can, calls themselves a health practitioner of some sort, but it is the backstop of what is and isn't. You can conjecture from this point forward and, you know, an anecdotal your way, and that's fine. But this is what is, and you need to have this information. I'm not selling the book. I'm selling how this is important to me, to you, if you're interested in that. And so you'd think, hey, this is Dr. Carl Goldkamp, the keto naturopath. Why aren't we talking about keto with Dr. Alan Gaby? Uh, he said, you know, I don't know that much about keto. I'm sure he does, but He's not an expert in it, and he just sidestepped that. And that's what he does. He knows he wants to talk. We will talk about things he knows a lot about, and he, he knows it definitively. He still reads 600 journal articles each month and calls through. The thing about that, let's just look at that variable for a second. 
When you read a research article, most people go into PubMed, they read the abstract, and they go to the last two lines of the abstract, which will give you the conclusion, and that's it. But you don't know if the study was done correctly. You don't know if the conclusion is correctly drawn from the setup of the research. And so it takes an eye to understand how to read research, not just to collect all these articles, but to say, you know, that was a stupid one. That was, no, wrong conclusion, doesn't make sense. Obviously, you call out the ones that are conflict of interest and so on and so forth. But this is ongoing. This is the kind of work that comes from a generation that said, you know, there is work to do. You work hard and you become the expert. He worked hard, became the expert in a consciousness that had always been there. What about diet, right? It's an old, you know, back, the ketogenic diet came out of fasting. You know, why was fasting? It's all, and we've talked about that way back, the history and the evolution of the ketogenic diet. But this is another evolution that came out of the idea of what about nutrition? How can we bring this forward in the development of the orthomolecular medicine? So he's been interviewing Dr. Oz and so on and on and on. What I would say is that if anybody is really interested in health, they need to have this on their desk. And in the very least, you can use the searchable database and put in, I have osteoporosis. And it will start there and will give you an idea of what else uh, you might want to look into. I, I probably could have gone on more about his work with Dr. Jonathan Wright. They were a team and they were, Wright and Gaby were, were almost a trademark. They were a brand in themselves, and uh, they were doing things that nobody else was doing. So um, he's just a, such a model to follow. Obviously, has my appreciation, and I'm so glad I did not know the value of Dr. Alan Gaby before I met him. He just came across as a hard ass, not quite a disciplinarian, but had high expectations, and he also pushed. He gave you a lot of information, and it just opened your eyes. And I would say in my education, there's only really three professors from Bastyr that influenced my thinking and my willingness and my joy and my optimism about natural medicine, naturopathic medicine, and he is clearly one of them. Ironically, he's a medical doctor, an MD, not an ND, but uh, he has just done a lot for the field. So we will begin next time with interviewing Dr. Gaby on various issues. And I will probably interject in some of these issues why these issues are important to know about. Okay. So till next time, looking forward to talking to you. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Dr. Goldcamp. I just wanted to encourage you to send in your questions to Dr. Goldcamp at ketonaturopath.com. Many of you have, and so what I've done with these questions that I've gotten back to most of the people I email, but some of the questions that were so good, and if they're overlapping to other questions, I would combine them and try to put that into the topic of a podcast, either via one of the micro topics that are covered in an interview. As you know, we cover a lot of topics in any given interview or some of my own sort of reporting, if you will, on some of these issues. So please keep the questions coming. Feel free to send in an email and uh, I will get back to you. Stay listening, send in your questions, and I will definitely get back to you.